Which word of the day? Today's word is Sisu, noun. In Raya and the Last Dragon, Sisu is the last dragon of Kumandra. Legends say she is a divine water being of unspeakable beauty and unstoppable magic. And in Finnish culture, Sisu is the idea of showing extraordinary determination, courage, and resoluteness in the face of extreme adversity. A mindset which enables individuals to see beyond their present limitations and into what might be, taking action against the odds and reaching beyond observed capacities. Sisu is not momentary courage, but the ability to sustain that courage, a concept that directly mirrors the character Sisu's brave and optimistic personality in the movie. You haven't even read that? Wait, what are you doing with the book? So he has the confidence to finish the story. Hear now the words of the witches. This is Kevin, and welcome to Words of the Witches, the Charmed podcast that will guide you through the lesser-known published material in the Charmed universe and decide how it fits into the grand narrative of the TV series. Welcome, welcome, spell worders. This is Words of the Witches, at book 15. Very cool stuff. We have a very amazing episode today. But before that, I want to remind you about the Ultimate Power Challenge, where I'm asking if you can find all the times a main character was arrested and jailed. So if you still want to submit, email wordsofwitchespod at gmail.com or send me a direct message on Instagram. Great. That will be revealed on the next episode, Shadow of the Sphinx. Uh, This episode is Dark Vengeance. You are in for a treat. Here we go. Oh, Dark Vengeance. And then my guest is... Uh, Kat Zicard, who's fine. That's my author name. So Kat Zicard. Okay. And so <laughs> you're an author. Cool. Talk about that a little bit. We'll just jump right into it. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I'm a fantasy author. And of course, um, Charmed is a big inspiration because I love me some witches. And um, But my first novel, is, my first trilogy is not about Charmed. It's about or none of it is really, but it's about werewolves because I had to write about something I didn't care about as much um, sure. to really like dive in and get into it. But yeah, it, it's done well. It's Moon Shadow by Kat Zicard and the trilogy is the Mount Henley trilogy. Right now I'm writing the Finder Witch series. Um, and I recently did a best-selling um, anthology with a group of awesome authors um, through diverse books with magic and the title is uh, girls of might and magic and that's been really fun that is so cool i, I did not know that about you so that oh, is awesome. <laughs> so this is perfect you know we're talking about novels you're like the pro over here <laughs> sort of but i love it i've been reading forever and i've been writing forever and i'm a huge charmed fan so i'm so super stoked to be here yeah, and, and what? How did you discover Charmed? Like, what was the process of that? Okay, so this will date me just a tad, but I actually came to Charmed a little late because when Charmed aired, I was in college, so I was super busy. And then I had a couple kids, and then I found Charmed when it was like almost the last series, I believe, that like season eight, and it was like found it on the WB, watched a few episodes, and was like, oh my god, this is my favorite show ever. But I didn't want to watch the final season without the lead up because I'd done that before and I just didn't want to spoil like mm. all the juiciness. So I tried to catch a couple of the older shows that that was on syndication earlier in the day. But I also had like two little kids and I was like, I want to watch this with my kids someday, but they're too little to like watch it now. So I kind of was like looking for it at the library, looking for it online. But then when my 
youngest daughter was a little bit older and it came out on Netflix and we were like, oh my God, it's here. And we started watching <laughs> the first episode and it was just magic in the making. We loved every bit. And then I knew that Shannon Doherty had left the show at some point. So every time Prue was in peril, every time she almost died or did die, uh, I was like, like this, this is it. Oh my God. <laughs> when she really died. So it made it so much more exciting because you always know the main character is going to live. But for me, I was like, I knew the main character was going to die. And so it made it super fun because I was always like kind of on the edge of my seat. But then I didn't <laughs> want to spoil it for my daughter. But she was like, yeah, no, you were always really invested in, in when Prue was going to die. <laughs> so, and but that's, it was great. And I loved it. <laughs> and that's so crazy because, yeah, people who watch it now kind of already know that going into it. And, you know, I was watching it brand new, you know, week by week as it aired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm it's just so like... Lucky. <laughs> yeah, I was I was really young. I was ten when it started, and you know, I all the way up until eighteen, I watched it every year, and so it was like really right in those formative years for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, and that's why I was like, I knew my kids had to see it because they gave so many good messages and such good lessons, you know, especially for young women and young queer folk like us, you know, yeah. and. I really appreciated that. Um, my spouse, my husband, who like told me that Shannon Doherty left the show, like, cause he knows random trivia like that. And so I was like, oh my God, it just blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Yes. So you mentioned us queer folks. So uh, how do you identify? Oh yeah. Well, so I'm she, they, I am a femme leaning queer and um, yeah, that's, that's about it, I guess. But I love it. <laughs> I am who I am. Maybe pan by, I guess, is what I would say if somebody were to like dig into it okay. and ask me questions, you know? Yeah. Because um, I first discovered you on the Facebook Charmed groups and I just really enjoyed what you had to say. I thought it was very profound and very inclusive. <laughs> and I'm just like, I need her on my podcast. <laughs> Yay. Um, Thanks. That's how I try to write too, because we're out in the world and we should be written into media. Right. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, and you're in Madison, Wisconsin, so not very far from me at all here in Milwaukee. So that was so exciting. I had no idea you were so close until we were like going to do this. I was like, oh my God, right. we're going to run into each other someday. Maybe at Trixie's bar. Yes. Yeah, this is it. Yes. <laughs> Trixie Mattel. Um, sure. I was just in Madison a few weeks ago, actually. I've seen, I was at five. Oh, fun. I was there. Story, I saw a story on your Facebook that someone stole your Black Lives Matter flag. Oh, yeah. I actually had um, a sign defaced um, and... Then I had to, and and spit upon. I realized oh, wow. when I was painting it later. Yeah, it's a shame. You know, um, we do kind of live in a little bubble here, but it's like super important that we recognize that Black Lives Matter, and we wouldn't have to be shouting it if it weren't for the right you know, the things that we go I through mean, as a society and the the experience that our our black and brown brothers and sisters have to experience yeah. and, it, and it sucks. And racism is a white problem that white people have to help solve. Exactly. So. Exactly. And the fact that, you know, that happened just proves, proves that, you know, what we're fighting for matters even more. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my husband bought an even bigger sign or an even bigger flag that we hung. It's huge. And I painted my sign with big black lives matter. And, and we bought a, doorbell camera you know oh yeah <laughs> so that was the outcome. yeah <laughs> because yeah when I, when I was in vegas earlier this year um visiting james mansfield um <laughs> nice. uh the pride flag was stolen from our house and thrown into a sewer oh 
Oh my God, that's awful. So, Ugh, I'm so sorry. It's it it sucks. It feels really aggressive. You're like scared about it. Right. You're like, you know, wow, this is the neighborhood I live in. Okay. Yeah. And my sign was actually that kindness sign about like, you know, Black Lives oh, Matter. Sure, all the things. Women's rights are human rights, you know, love is love. So it was kind of like, okay, you're just hating on everything over here. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Whoever you are. Right. <laughs> yeah. My husband is a person of color. And so he was kind of like, I don't know at first, like, should we put up a sign? I don't want to be a target, which made me really identify with my white privilege to feel like I had this totally different experience of thinking it's my duty to put this sign up so that my neighbors feel safe, you know, in our neighborhood. And then it was really important for me to like have that awareness of his perspective of like, oh, is this making us a target? And then it sucks to be proven right in a way when we, we did get targeted, but it emboldened him to be like, yeah, no, we're just going to keep living our lives and showing that we're here. So, yeah. So, yeah, you know, it is what it is, but hopefully we can change what it is to make it something better. Yes. Well, thank you for, you know, the positivity. We're starting off on a good note, you know, great. <laughs> uh, should we dive into the book then? Yeah, let's do it. I'm excited. <laughs> Me too. This is going to be good. So this book is called The Dark Vengeance. Uh, it's the 15th book and we have some season four individual promo pictures put together again, like a lot of these books have been doing. And then it has the tagline, an ancient clan weeds its own power of three. Oh, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> this really reminded me of the three, the, the Mitzi, Margot and Mabel. Oh my gosh. You know, naughty blonde, we into, three blondes. We will get into it. This whole book. I'm like, yes, yes. very much that. You're like, Totally. So I can't wait to talk about it. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, the background has like this kind of like skull looking thing. It's kind of facing downward. Oh, it's got little yellow eyes. You didn't notice that, did you? Yeah. I didn't notice that at first. Yeah, it's got like the skull, like kind of like mm. mystif- mystical and you looking kind of skull. Kind of see their shadow. Yeah. Like the shadow of the three girls. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or the three villains. Oh my god! Damn it. I never, that's the boy. I did not even see that. Oh. See, Rob, look at that. Yeah. yeah shadow of the three. <laughs> There's a man in the middle and the two. Oh. Whoa! Blow my mind. Charlie's angel. Style. Yeah, new <laughs> things about this cover. That is awesome. This I really appreciate this cover even more now. I love it. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it more now too. The skull really makes it. Yeah, very cool. This is a cool cover. Um, and the back, the back. If you look be- behind the words in the back, there's still like a little mini skull in there as well. Oh, and the little mini. Yeah, and, and I think that shadows. might be the bad people too. Little, yeah, little mini shadows and little mini. Sc- oh, that is beautiful. Uh, <laughs> so the back of the book says. And should the trinity of evil be awakened, the champions of virtue must defend the light of ages past or be forsaken as the warriors of darkness were before them. It's a stretch with rhyme, but it has, it's, <laughs> it's a it's a nice little story of like a little, little uh, warning. Uh, well, we kind of know what happens before they do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the charmed ones are feeling out of sorts. Phoebe misses Cole, who's gone away for a week of solitary reflection. Piper is overwhelmed with the responsibilities of overseeing her household, Charmed Affairs, and P3, her nightclub. Paige is still adjusting to her role as a savior of innocence and is increasingly sensitive to all levels of human pain. Soon, though, Piper is distracted by an energetic musician auditioning to play at the club. Phoebe is making a new friend in her web design class, and Paige is meeting new people at the homeless shelter where she volunteers. But it isn't long before the girls discover that a sinister force is working against them. 
Phoebe's short dun, 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 dun. Uh, <laughs> Phoebe's short to memory is shot. Piper can't control her emotions, and Paige feels thoroughly exhausted. At the same time, their powers are diminished. <laughs> could <laughs> could their new acquaintances be connected to the threat? It's it's a real life family feud, one that could have deadly results. Oh. And the author of this book is Diana G. Gallagher. She wrote Beware What You Wish and Spirit of the Wolf previously to this. And then uh, it was published November 1st, 2002 and reprinted January 6th, 2003. I think I have the reprint version. I have the original of all these. That's because I pre when I, these were coming out, I had them pre-ordered at Barnes & Noble. Oh, I love that. I, saw, I found the first book, Kiss of Darkness. That was the first book I saw. And ever since then, I was getting them as they came out. Yeah. You're so lucky. Because I was like 18 when it came out, so I had like no superfluous income. So it was un- wasn't until like I was done with the show that I was like, oh my god, there's books. And then I went on a deep dive okay. and found them all and bought them. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I was, really <laughs> I was like in seventh grade, <laughs> but but I was like I would like save my money from uh, my from mowing my grandma's lawn and like I'm gonna save this for my charm book and like so I was really stingy with it, but I I made it work. Yeah. <laughs> so the novel is set between season four, episode thirteen, Trapped and Dangerous, and episode fifteen, Merry Go Round, as Phoebe is engaged but has not been married, and it says that the source was vanquished. Yeah, so it has to be after oh. Trapped and Dangerous. They also mentioned the Hollow okay. in this. However, Cole is not the source in this, so either they decided not to have that happen, or that's what I was wondering, like. Cole is just kind of gone in this book, so he could be off doing nefarious things, but they made it seem like he really was, you know, human. Yeah, but he just probably came home all stinking of brimstone Mm -hmm, instead of stinking mm -hmm. fish. Right, so they they don't make it clear what he was really doing. The book assumes he's human, I guess, but, uh, which I guess makes sense for, like, the three faces of Phoebe. He is kind of playing both sides there. If that's the one after Trump and Dangerous. Uh, but yeah, should we get started with the summary? Sure. Okay. okay. I'll do chapter one. We've got opening scene. Phoebe watches Cole pack for his trip of reflection. Cole wishes Phoebe luck on her new web design class and drives off. The sisters and Leo have breakfast in the kitchen. I love the little scenes where they're just like hanging out. I'm so glad that the yeah. books always include those like, we're just chilling as a family. Mm-hmm. It's classic. Um, let's see. Piper brushes off plans with Leo because she is overwhelmed with errands. They all agree to help out and ease her stress. However, Paige can't help because she's volunteered again at a food shelter. Paige is always stretching herself too thin. Yep. She's like, I volunteered last week, but I told him I'd do it again this week. Yeah. Even oh, well, though I don't I, want to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think it's funny that at this point Phoebe graduated college, but she's still taking classes. Oh, it's all about the World Wide Web these days, so I need to get on something better. Maybe I should be a programmer. I'm sure that's super easy to pick up really quick. Exactly. <laughs> In like a three credit community college class, no problem. Right. right. <laughs> and then I love how they're all like, "Yeah, get on that, Phoebe. I need help with my wardrobe, and I can't take the demon damage," which I love. Was also classic. But, um, but yeah, it's all like, yeah, Phoebe's going to be this computer whiz overnight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pepper is at P3 and she is waiting on a delivery um, for, you know, new stock for her club, you know, all the cups and stuff. And Leo is supposed to help, but he's not there yet. She's like, where are you? She's calling him on the phone. Get over here. And Leo's like, no, I can't because Paige clogs the toilet. It's a matter. <laughs> I know. They just blame Paige. Like, oh, it's all your fault. Uh, Piper is stressed by all the little tasks that she has to be done. There's still so much you have to do. <laughs> and as she's there with a vengeance, this is a new band that's auditioning to play at the club. They're there and they're going to play for her. 
And, they're very uh, but, pushy. Yes. We're going to so play can, for you whether you like it or not. Yeah. They're like, they're here. We're going to do our sound check. We're going to do it. And the band was made up of three men and one woman, Karen Ashley, which I love. <laughs> when I saw that name, I immediately thought of Power Rangers because the actress Karen Ashley plays Aisha, the second so yellow familiar. ranger. <laughs> yeah. I met her a few times at cons. I'm like, it's not that Karen oh, cool. Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> So Karen had Piper hand her her flute. She's like, I need this flute to play for you. Can <laughs> yeah, you get it for me? Yeah, what a diva. <laughs> I know. Oh. And it seems to be like this very prized possession, but she's like making somebody else grab it. And like, that's yeah. kind of unusual. And Piper's like, you better have your own roadies come showtime. Yeah, she's like, this yeah. is not going to be a common occurrence. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they begin to play. And Piper at first feels some sadness, which I thought I think it was nice because they mentioned how she had feelings of Prue and everything. I'm like, oh, yeah, we always need to remember Prue. Yeah. She's like, oh, this is making me feel sad. They're definitely not going to be booked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> These guys are great, but they're not for us. <laughs> right. But then she appreciates the Irish jig, too. She's like, oh, yeah, this music's definitely not for us. She's like, now you're doing the yeah. Irish jig. <laughs> like, I could see that at any bar in Madison, but not just... so much <laughs> at P3. But right. I love right. me some Irish Egg, you know oh yeah she was enjoying it too she's like she's like you know bopping to the beat and everything she's like this is cool too but yeah not not the jam for p3 either <laughs> she's then, like if i do book um they better not play too many slow songs right exactly but then they go into this whole rock sound so they're mixing they're mixing the irish elements with this rock sound and she's like all right now this is what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> we get and a little coyote ha- piper action she yeah. has to pop oh, the yeah. bar she starts oh, doing yeah. the dance <laughs> Just kidding, that didn't happen. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, but they are hired immediately. She's like, yes, this is what I'm looking for. I forgot to mention the dizziness. When she handed uh, the flute to Karen, oh, she, got, right. she got a little dizzy because that's important to note. Yeah, they definitely were not subtle in this book about what was like happening. You're like, oh, yeah. she touches the flute, she gets dizzy. I think things are going off the rails. And Piper's not known to be like emotionally erratic. She's known to no. be pretty level-headed. So. Right. Uh, Leo arrived to see Piper with much more pepper to her step. Now, cause now she's like, she's much more happier than she was earlier. She's like, oh my gosh, Leo, this is great. She's like laughing at everything and she's having a Someone good- Someone just she's... beat me with a shillelagh. Shillelagh. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> and then it cuts to Paige and she greets Doug Wilson, which is the supervisor of the shelter and who she's met, you know, she's worked with before since she's been volunteering at this place. Um, but she meets the new volunteers that are coming for the first time that night. So she's like, okay, you're here. I'm going to train you on what we do. Here's the routine. And is this during Paige's like, um, uh, working as a, at the social worker place still? Yep, she's stage? still there. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, all right, gotcha. One of the new volunteers was Kevin Graves. Was a, what a great name, Kevin. Uh- <laughs> Graves. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I got to make sure I don't diss on Kevin too much because Kevin will be sad. <laughs> right. But this Kevin, you know, I don't know. This Kevin was super jerky. Like, I yeah. did not like him right off the bat. I was yeah. like, No. You know, the name Kevin actually means kind, gentle, and handsome. So he is not <laughs> fulfilling these these traits. <laughs> well, maybe the handsome no. part. Yeah, yeah. Handsome for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. He is a handsome surfer type I have written down. <laughs> uh, They're all blondes. They're the three blondes. The three blondes. We didn't meet the, we didn't meet the third one yet, but uh, yeah, there's, there's three blondes in here. Are you uh, a blonde, Kevin, or are you a redhead? Neither. 
Neither. Well, You're brunette. I, I, Sorry, brunette. am I busting you out? <laughs> no, I mean, there's pictures of me all over the internet. It's not a big surprise. Uh, <laughs> um, I just don't but, remember. I see your picture all the time. I know yeah, your face, I, but. <laughs> yeah, I, I have brown hair, but I have a red beard. Oh, okay. See, that's why. That's why mm-hmm. I was like, why am I getting red vibes? Yeah. I get, I'm, I get a, ginger I'm a natural a blonde. Oh, okay. You get gingerfied? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're blonde. Yeah. Cool. I'm a natural blonde. I I tried to do a little bit of the washout, like coppery red for the summer. And then I was like, oh my God, it's so dark. And my daughter's like, I think it's hilarious. You don't think you're still blonde right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So anyway. Not to diss yeah. on the blondes, but but yeah, the, all these you know Mitzi, Margot, Mabel wannabes, are yeah. all are they're all, all in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he was injured. Yes, job. Just, you know, uh, Paige's favorite, somebody who's wounded, and mm-hmm. uh... <laughs> yeah, especially a handsome man type. She's like, oh, he's injured. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, he must be sensitive. He must <laughs> you know, have all the kinds of great stories to tell me. I'm immediately smitten. <laughs> like. Which is so crazy coming off of the last book she was in where she was like abducted by the random creepo who was interested in her. And so you'd think she'd be a little more cautious, like round you know? two. Right. <laughs> maybe yeah, she thinks I, he was vetted a little bit because he was at the homeless shelter. Maybe, maybe. She's like, okay, this is a good one. <laughs> yeah. I always try to justify the writing or the actions. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Kevin tells Paige that he heard she was an angel from this this uh, this retired this older guy older man named Stanley Edison who she's trying to he's a homeless guy who she's trying to get into a nice retirement community because he, he has like you know um, what he some had like a job yeah some dementia like yeah yeah so, and then that was also weird that he calls her an angel right away like a little too on the nose Kevin <laughs> uh-huh. I'm no angel I'm a witch. <laughs> <laughs> That was that was used in the season one DVD marketing. I remember after the night was over, so they you know they fed all the the people that came through. They were kind of jerky about like homeless people. They were a little insensitive at times. Yeah, yeah, they were in general in this book. I was like, come on now. And I mean, I guess they had to slowly ease us into Kevin is evil. No offense, Kev, but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I was like, way to white savior complex the place a little bit. But anyway, really, really, it was it was like like that. They finished the uh, giving of the food and everything, and Kevin showed Paige his cane. (laughs) (laughs) I bet he did. Like, come on, Paige, I got a long stick for you to check out. (laughs) It's long cane. It's it's not at all limping here. want to rub it <laughs> right well she, admi- she admired the artistry she's like it's very aesthetically pleasing <laughs> which was also super obvious right away that they both the cane and the flute not only being very phallic in nature but having the artistic scroll work or the celtic mm-hmm. knots on it or whatever yeah they're tying it together real quick <laughs> they want us to feel smart while we're reading it I, I like it when they give us a little bit of a little more of a mystery, but that's okay. We had to get yeah. to the end. And Paige got a static shock when she touched it. <laughs> sight. Oh my yes. God. And Kevin, noticing that Paige seemed lightheaded, offers to give her a ride home. She's like, but what about my car? And <laughs> but what about no, my lime green VW bug. Yes. Like, yeah, he was no, he was like, What about your car? And she's like, My um my brother in law will get in in the morning. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, I'll just ride with you. I thought that was weird too. She was like, I'm just ditching my car here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's weird that they have a plan for everything. But sure. <laughs> 
so then we go to Phoebe in her web design class, and she does not understand the thing. She's like, this is all kinds of computer mumbo-jumbo. I don't know HTML. I don't know what this is. But she meets a, a classmate, Kate. Uh, like yeah. me. Yeah, so we got Kevin and Kate. Isn't that funny? That is so funny. <laughs> we were meant to read this one. Mm-hmm. And she's a blonde, another blonde. It's the power of third, three blondes is officially right. introduced. Um, and she goes with her to get some coffee after class. And at the hip coffee shop, Phoebe notices Kate's <laughs> bracelet. Huh, I wonder if this is going to be anything. <laughs> surprise! There's some Celtic scroll work. <laughs> On this bracelet, Kate tells Phoebe that it was her great-grandmother's and that, you know, there's writing etched on the inside, but she can never make it out. So she hands it to Phoebe. She's like, could you make it out for me? Yeah, that's so weird. I've had this for, like, my whole life. But here, can you investigate? Can you read this better than I can? <laughs> like, shoves it in her face. <laughs> right. Phoebe touches it. She immediately gets a vision. And she sees Kate in, like, fur, leather, and armor. Oh, this is kinky. Um, but... Looking pretty hot. She sees Kate and she's like, ow, come on, play. She sees this girl in fur, leather, and armor as lightning strikes a tree down. And Phoebe believes it's from Kate's past and not her future. She's like, this, I just got a feeling it's from the past. <laughs> Something about the wardrobe, really Very tiny. old school. And then the waitress brings them the coffee order, and that's the end of that chapter. So, and she decides not to mention it or care about it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, chapter three, Paige is at her day job, calls Doug to see if Z- Stanley can has slept at the shelter. Oh yeah, because she's checking up on her old man to make sure he made it back to the shelter because he hadn't gotten there when she left, and she was worried yeah. about him when. Kevin lured her away. Though the card ride home was uneventful, Paige wonders if there truly is mutual attraction with Kevin. I forgot this part. The coworker snagged on Paige's cactus, and um, Paige tries to orb the plant to safely, but it fails. And her, she's like, "What's up with my orbing?" And then she breaks her like favorite coffee mug, and she's all sad. And the coworker feels like a jerk, but then she doesn't want to get in trouble because the guy's like, "Your desk is messy." <laughs> anyway, we remember her desk was full of crap. It was. That's a trash key. She's like, I want all the toys. <laughs> yes, which I get it. I just recently had to go back to the office and I certainly brought a few superheroes with me. Oh, lovely. Um, <laughs> all right. So pa- uh, Piper and Phoebe are talking in the kitchen and Phoebe isn't sure yet if the class is worth it. She's like, hmm, day one. I can't remember a damn thing. <laughs> Piper's like, cracking that whip, you better make us some money. Yeah, you know, exactly. Maybe just like worked at the club a little bit, you know? You know? Not a lot. But, uh, but yeah, they need their space. <laughs> oh, yes. And then Piper, uh, she turns on the garbage disposal after peeling potatoes potatoes, and a geyser of water erupted. Oh, man. So we got potatoes. Potato skins and water goo everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, she's like covered in like starch and gunk. Yeah, that's fun. Um, Phoebe clutches her laptop for dear life because she's got to save the important things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Piper's outfit's already ruined. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, but Piper, who um, in unusually good spirits for Piper, she laughs it off and just calls for Leo. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is really strange. So then Leo finds a gremlin scale. So I'm guessing gremlins are scaly. And okay, yeah. uh, I, I always pictured gremlins furry, but I think that's just, you know, again, dating me a little bit. But <laughs> you also don't get them wet. But well, anyway. You're thinking of the mogwai, though. Mogwai are different oh, from right. gremlins. Okay, okay. Thank <laughs> you for keeping me on track. Yes. <laughs> 
Um, so Leo warns them that they'll have to trap him and release him into the underworld because they're like an endangered species or something. They can't just blow him up. So they got to like send him back to be a pest. They're like underworld rats, only uglier, nastier and smarter. A lot of them are immune to magic, but they all shed scales. And then uh, when a gremlin dies, other sensitive movement to fill the vacated niche. The only way to break the cycle is to catch the first squatter. When a gremlin is trapped or forced out, it releases a warning pheromone. We can't detect it, but the scent repulses oh, other gremlins gross. and breaks the species' territorial bond. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> would think that the Hallowell Manor had had its share of gremlins or two in the past. Yes. Uh, what's funny is, you know, a gremlin appeared in the same episode, Power of Three Blondes. I'm like, this is crazy. It did? <laughs> yes, that's when the first gremlin, because the gremlin was at um, Paige's temp job at like the fruit packing oh. place, and that's the same episode. Oh, that's right. Those little gremlins. I for- <laughs> And then she releases them into the junkyard. Yes. Yeah. The gremlin- Come on, the- little dude. At the end of the book, I'll talk <laughs> about the lore on the show and the lore in general. Um cool. But it's not what they appeared on the show is nothing like how they are here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's totally different. This one seems fatter and annoying and gross. Yeah. I kind mm-hmm. of pictured like what an actual gremlin was looked like in the movie. Gremlins, like the green, like kind of creepy with teeth and like scaly and like the ears. Um, yeah. And like a little bit like Stitch. I feel like the personality of this gremlin is very much like <laughs> Stitch. Yeah, so. totally. I just pictured this voracious appetite, just like kind yeah. of sloth like. It yeah. kind of reminded me of the episode where they have the whatever's going on and they have to call the witch doctor to come and cleanse the house of the energies that built up. Yes. I house love call. that episode. That's season so five, episode 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> pull that out. I love it. I know. I know every episode by heart. I don't know why it's just in there. <laughs> well, that's okay. Everyone has their skills and yes. to yes. share, which those of us who love the show and can never remember which episode, really appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so the gra- gremlin ran out of the cabinet and Phoebe levitated, but it was more of a weak hover. Something's on the fritz here. <laughs> See, the gremlin nodded her boot, <laughs> like nibbles at her <laughs> before running away. Are you edible? Gross. Yeah. I'm out of here. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, Phoebe is concerned at the effectiveness of her powers. And then Leo explains uh, that the gremlin is a low threat, but that they're annoying and destru- destructive and expensive. <laughs> yeah, that translates to expensive. Because Piper's like, oh, yeah. so that means expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's going to cost us some doubloons. Mm-hmm. So the gremlin escapes back into the sink pipe. And then um, Phoebe has a lapse of memory where she put her laptop and Piper and Leo remind her where it is, which happens to the best of us. So they're right. not suspicious yet. Piper takes a bag of old clothes to the attic and finds Paige. Um, oh yeah, Paige comes upon another instance where Paige is being a little bit stepping <laughs> over, yeah. stepping on some toes. She's digging out. She's looking for an old ceramic bowl of grams where she kept, where she used to keep pins, a new home for her cactus. And it's like you just broke the last home for your cactus, and now you want to bring this precious heirloom. I know. <laughs> so Piper's a little annoyed. <laughs> it was strange because, like, I appreciated the sentiment. And Piper was annoyed, but she's also like, oh, um, I let her have it. It makes her feel closer to us and stuff. Yeah. But I'm like, she you just broke the, the last one. I don't know if I can trust her with this. <laughs> and then she stands up, and the old ceramic bowl of grams starts rolling off her lap. <laughs> and they both have to use their powers to save it again. <laughs> 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 
like, it's like, this is a sign. Leave the bowl where it is. Right. <laughs> so uh, Phoebe arrives in the attic, I in the Book of Shadows, um, and then notices the bowl, Piper, Paige using their powers at the same time. And then the bowl freezes for a split second, but begins to roll again. And eventually, with like a delayed reaction, orbs to Paige. Mm-hmm. And is still intact at this point. Uh, yes. Phoebe forgets uh, why she came into the attic. So at this point, we're realizing as the reader that Piper's really super giggly. Paige is starting to be tired and also not have her powers are kind of on the fritz. And uh, Phoebe's getting forgetful and all their powers are not working quite right or a little bit delayed or are weakened. Um, and none of them have already put it together. <laughs> they had these weirdos like thrust random crap in their faces. No, but, they think it's the gremlin. Had, oh yeah, which you know they were like, "Wow, I didn't realize gremlins could be so yeah so destructive." Which I suppose yeah. that's fair because that's the that's the issue that's right in their face. That's not right less in insidious. So that and, makes sense. And it seems like it just happened because they're just noticing the delays mm-hmm. the first time they've used their powers. So, and yeah. Phoebe already forgot she had a premonition. Probably. Right. So, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, with everyone else indisposed, Piper casts a spell to help weed it out. Um, so, at this point, they're hunting the gremlin. Um, Leo finds it in the pipes and it screeches, but it gets away again. Pesky gremlins. <laughs> they're so hard to catch. Let's see. Um, everyone isn't truly certain why powers are dwindled, but they agree to not use them again until they figure it out. Leo goes to the elders. <laughs> I don't know. This gremlin was so cute to me. <laughs> I just pictured like this like chunky little baby man that was like, I'm so hungry and I'm like slithering through the pipes. Like I totally forgot there were actual gremlins on the show and I did not picture the little yeah. dudes yeah. at all. <laughs> Chapter four, Paige is at work. And she finishes copying paperwork for Stanley's application to the home. So she's like, I'm going to get him in there. Uh, I just get a, get his application in and ready to go. Uh, and then Kevin arrives to her job to visit her. Super sketchy. Like, yeah. where did this guy get her address? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's... Kevin mm. just... Like, they're the charmed ones. If some rando's just showing up, maybe don't think it's your sex appeal and be a little suspicious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Well, they're already smitten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and at this point, he's already zapped her a little bit and probably has a little magical hold or something. True, true, true. I always try to justify it because I'll complain and then I'll validate. <laughs> oh, good. Well, that's good. It's the writer brain. I like it. <laughs> totally. uh, but- Kevin tells Paige he thinks she left her sunglasses in his car, but then admits that they're actually his. his. <laughs> he wanted an excuse yeah. to see her. What a <laughs> moron. <laughs> like, if I wasn't already not interested in this guy, that would do it. I'd be like, I know. You're like lying to me, and I'm supposed to think this is cute, but really, like, come on. Yeah. It's like, are these your sunglasses? She's like, no. Uh, <laughs> did you like, see? It was night when we hung out. Did you right. Yeah, it was night. It's like, yeah, sorry, these are mine. I just wanted to pretend to come. I'm like, oh my God, get out of here. Yeah. I don't think Paige was buying it. I think she raised an eyebrow at him and he was like fumbling for an excuse. Like, yep. oh, yeah. she's not that dumb. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Kevin invites her to dinner and Paige agrees to think about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, the next one. Yeah. So this is when Kevin is, like, rubbing Paige's leg with the foot of his cane. Yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> he had to really get down there for that. It was um, so awkward. 
He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize I was doing that. It's an old habit or whatever. <laughs> Stroking things with my cane is just what I do. <laughs> oh, such a weirdo. Paige is not at all suspicious. No, she's not. <laughs> this is also maybe like po- post-COVID, we're all a little suspicious when anyone wants to touch us. We're like, That's yeah, true. six feet, please. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, after that, he leaves, and Paige tries to make it through the rest of the, the day without falling asleep. She's like, I am so Ugh. tired. What is and happening? Air. Yeah. <laughs> Those long days. I mean, some days you just, it just, yeah, you're not in the mood. Some days you're not you ready. Just need a couch and a nap. We're back at P3, and with a vengeance, the band is practicing at P3 again while Piper is there. And because <laughs> Piper's behind the bar, Karen reaches over the bar for a napkin. She's like, Can I have this? I need a napkin, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and you know she couldn't ask Pepper to hand her a napkin. She has to go. I'll go here. <laughs> yeah, she's sure, Sasha she, Karen. Yeah, she really is, especially later on in the book. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but as she reaches for the napkin, her flute touches Piper on the cheek. Uh-huh. Okay. So weird. So weird. And I'm Surprise sorry. possession. <laughs> I didn't even touch it with my flute. I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs> at least she's not stroking her foot with it. So, I mean. That's true. At least it's a little bit better. <laughs> and now the band leaves to go get some food. And Piper. She didn't want to give them advice at first. She was like, oh, screw these guys. They're rude. They're inconsiderate. I'm not going to tell them where to go and save a book. And then, then she gets touched by the flute. And she's like. Oh, I should tell him where the good tacos are, or something yeah, like that. Right, that's true. It was super weird. <laughs> and when they leave, Piper falls to the floor and she starts crying. She's like in a flood of tears. So I felt so sad in that moment. Whenever Piper's crying, I'm like, oh no. I mean, I mean Holly Marie Combs is such a great actress that whenever she's crying, I'm like crying too. So I just that, could picture it, you know. So true. I mean. Every time she cries, you feel it. Uh, Phoebe is now back in class, her web class, and she is not impressing the teacher. <laughs> the teacher is like, did you even read this lesson? <laughs> like, like, yeah, I did. I just don't remember it. <laughs> I swear to God, I have notes and everything. Yeah. And uh, Kate whispered to Phoebe, she's like, don't let him get to you. You know, it's fine. And then she, she's like, oh, thanks. And she turns back around, and then she feels like, this cold metal in the back of her neck. She comes back. She's like, what was that? And Kate's like, oh, nothing. I don't know. I, did you feel something? I don't what know. Do uh-huh. And she just smiles did herself. Did you stroke your neck with her jewelry? Yeah. Like, I don't know. My bracelet's just still here. Didn't touch you with that at all. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, <laughs> and that's the end of that chapter. So they all got touched again by the things. She's clearly not going to be a computer scientist after this. So no, she's, no. <laughs> programming is not in her future. But, you know, it is very Phoebe to just be like, I can try this. I can do it. She just jumps in when it is. she comes across the. Yeah. Always the willing to learn something new. Yeah, totally. All right. So chapter five. So Leo orbs down from the elders into the kitchen with nothing to report as usual, because those elders <laughs> are just useless. <laughs> and, <laughs> Uh, the kitchen's a disaster because the gremlin has taken up camp in the garbage disposal. Yeah, yeah. And the gremlin taunts him and he slips away again. And this is always a funny scene. You just picture Leo in his little flannels, you know, getting all wet and slippery. <laughs> it's wrestling around with this gremlin. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> in the food scraps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then poor Piper. Um, so 
she's crying at the TV. Oh, because the lady missed out on her game show prize. I can really, I can really feel you. <laughs> I mean, she's like, like she's it's not gonna get it. The showcase showdown. She would do that so for her son so bad. <laughs> she she took a risk in it. She lost everything. Just <laughs> it's a sign. Don't take yeah. risks. <laughs> okay, so then Piper, um, oh yeah, and then Leo asks about the gremlin, and she's like, oh, who, Gilbert? I've been feeding him. I just figured, I'll keep him happy. You know, it's her new little pet. It's like, this is why I pictured him as like a fat baby. Like, Piper right. just adopts him and starts just like feeding him food scraps. It's such a cute name. <laughs> Cheaper than getting the garbage disposal fixed. You'd think they could just turn it on. Oh yeah, they can't kill him. Or he'd, right. Or, right. or more would come. Which right. would also be gross. You'd have gross. Okay. Uh, yeah. Gremlin guts everywhere. So then it's not the charmed one style. <laughs> so, so Leo orbs to the attic to check on Phoebe. And Phoebe, again, is forgotten why she's supposed to be looking at the book. <laughs> so she pulls out a baby sweater out of the trunk, only to wonder where it came from moments later. You're like, why are you going through baby clothes? They want to f- dress Gilbert in outfits. Well, this is where it gets the point where Phoebe is Dory. I'm just like, this is hysterical. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. She's like, what? Who are you again? Oh, that Which, short-term memory. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. Leo takes Phoebe downstairs and is growing impatient with the sisters. <laughs> He's like, what is wrong with you, dingbats? <laughs> he asks Phoebe to levitate, and she only gets a few inches off the ground. So even Less lower than, than mm-hmm. before, yes. So, And then um, Paige home, comes home early from work because her boss sent her home sick because she can't stay awake. Mm-hmm. And good thing she didn't break grandma's bowl. When yeah, thank goodness. She was so tired. Um, we assume it's safe. So Leo had Pepper and Paige test their powers, freeze the TV, slow motion. It's like not quite frozen. Um, blow up the plant and a few wilted leaves. That would be really antithetical i mean that's so like piper would be so annoyed she'd be like are you kidding me i tried to blow this up and i wilted some leaves like yeah my power does not back a punch anymore great no that's so not piper um orbs remote and it's oh and then this is where she orbs the remote but not only is there a delay but the buttons are displaced so now the molecules aren't reconfiguring yeah properly it's such an interesting Um, way you know to showcase these powers, you know, I, I appreciated mm. it so much. Yeah, definitely. And again, it's a classic, like in the manor scene where they're all just kind of chilling out and then recognizing something magical is going on, you mm-hmm. know, love it. Um, let's see. Leo thinks they all came in contact with something, something, not the gremlin more than once. Cause he's <laughs> like, yeah, it's not the gremlin. Can't be. Yeah. Yeah. Phoebe uses her laptop to substitute her memory. So now Phoebe starts taking notes on her computer to try to remember stuff. And, yeah, she, um, she has like answers to a list of questions and they're organized for easy reference, and which is smart, yeah. I suppose. If she remembers to use it, yes. Very right. Smart. <laughs> um, and then Paige finds what seems to be a warning in the Book of Shadows. Um, I'll read this in a creepy voice. And should the chosen three of evil be awakened... The champions of virtue must defend the light of ages past or be forsaken as the warriors of darkness were before them. That's also very awkward. Yes. (laughs) Some awkward rhyming. But it was probably another language, you know. Yes, that's true. It just translated. Mm -hmm. And it's (laughs) almost exactly to the same one I read on the back of the book. I think it's only a little bit different. It says instead of, uh, 
in the back of the book it says Trinity of Evil, and here it says Chosen Three of Evil. The um, Chosen Three. Yeah. Kind of like the Chosen Ones, yeah. Yeah, that's the only difference, but... Yeah. I thought it was the same, so I wouldn't have noticed <laughs> that if you hadn't pointed out. Huh. And then Leo's like, hmm, that sounds sketch. I better go check with the elders again. And he <laughs> orbs out. It's such a great way to transition a scene, too. Just Leo orbs out. <laughs> yep, exactly. Ta-da! Chapter six. So Kevin, Kate, and Karen, the three Ks, meet at an apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the power of three blonde Ks. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we learned they are dark warriors of the Dorchacht from 3,000 years ago. That sounds like <laughs> Klingon. You, Dorchacht. So they were like these dark warriors and they reincarnated it into... They were like frozen in time or suspended in time for a while. And then they were born like 26 years prior into new babies. Yeah, right. Yes, like that. that's what it so was. They went from being like these... You know, Xena warriors, and then all of a sudden they were like little babies again, being raised in like yes, <laughs> mid- middle class America. <laughs> exactly. So now they are officially human. They don't have access to the powers they once had, um, but the powers are dormant in those artifacts. Cool. And then the dark warriors must touch the sisters once more for the battle to begin. <laughs> so there's like <laughs> so there's like this ancient two thousand year old battle that was never really completed. And they are on the verge of losing it 3,000 years ago. And so there's like this loophole that they came through. And now they're trying to have a rematch with the sisters. Yeah, uh, there's some other random person that they kind of just mentioned that like zapped them into the future to put the press pause on the battle, basically. Right. And kind of slip through the cracks of, of uh, karma. Slip through karma cracks. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So, and apparently the sisters are descendants of a powerful line of good witches called the Solagath. So I was like, oh, so, and this is way before Melinda. So Melinda wasn't the start of it. And, but I'm glad they did address that in the book. Well, and if you think about it, Melinda would have had to have gotten her powers somewhere. somewhere. Like if these are ancient primal forces, they probably would have just been passed down the line and maybe kind of like got watered out. And then some people had powers and were probably locked up for being crazy. And then like other people didn't. And then Melinda was like the start of like the war in witches. Mm-hmm. And like the exactly. line. The accumulation of all those generations of power. Yeah. So I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. And then they did address that. And they did kind of explain that. So I'm like, okay, I can, I can buy this. I can, I can get we behind won't- this. We won't burn this one. And at least it's like, it's not appropriating another culture in the sense of like, we could believe that they could be descended from some, you know, Gaelic, Celtic roots. That's a very witchy thing that, uh, you know, white witches like me will, you know, attach to as somebody, you know, the Irish Irish diaspora are everywhere. So that's believable. Um, (laughs) And so the artifacts that had the powers in it, their etchings turn red the more power they absorb. So like, I guess they're only halfway full right now because they absorbed half of uh, the sister's powers. Oh, I said this. 30 centuries ago, they went up against them and lost. Now they want revenge. Okay. So at the manor, after a Chinese dinner, yeah, they all ordered Chinese because they were hungry. Gilbert came out of the drain for leftovers. (laughs) He's like, like, I'm ready for my food. Thank you. (laughs) He's like their new pet dog. Totally. <laughs> uh, Phoebe finds a receipt for the coffee shop um, that she went to 
was like two days ago now, maybe yesterday, I don't remember. Um, but the one she went to with Kate, and she deduces that the loss of memory started around that time. Yeah, she doesn't remember having coffee or going with someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would creep me out. I'd be like, who the hell did I have coffee with? Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> so, but she has her receipts. That's why it's good to save receipts. They can help you track, your, track yourself. <laughs> In case you've been bewitched. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The three K's, Kevin, Kate, and Karen made it a plan to like have touch each of them one more time because uh, if they touch them one more time, then they'll have 75% of all their magic. And because they still have 25%, they can still fight them. If they took all their magic, then they would... Like, then they'd be auto- innocent. They, yeah, they'd, they'd be, be human. Mm-hmm. So they have to have some magic to fight. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they, they're playing by the rules of whatever that they're playing by. <laughs> the they're they're skirting the rules. Yeah. They're finding mm-hmm. the loopholes. Yes. So, um, but because Piper wasn't at the club where they're playing, because Karen planned to touch Piper again with her flute, she's getting all mad. She's like, I demand immediate payment, and I refuse to play I- after anymore if Piper doesn't show up. And so I demand to speak to the manager. Exactly. Such a Karen. Like, okay, Karen. Such a Karen. Which is why I was surprised she wasn't the leader of the three, because she definitely had that, like, I'm in charge vibe. I know. I but totally thought she was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did too. And then Paige went to take care of things for Piper, but was stopped at the... Oh, yeah. Because so after Karen called and getting upset, Paige is going to be like, it's fine. I'll go pay her the money. Whatever. We'll take care of it. So as she goes out to P3... She stopped at the door by Kevin. Which is so sketchy. It's like, first he shows up at her work. Now he shows up at her home. Stalker. Really? Ugh. Kevin, what are you doing here? And then he touched her with his cane. And Paige fell over and collapsed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if, they, if they hadn't figured it out before, you'd think that would be the telltale sign. Like, oh, it is. Piper noticed right away. Piper's up. like, what did you do? Yeah. You touched her with your cane. Stop, yeah. stop poking her with your stick. <laughs> oh, typical man. Keep <laughs> yeah, it in the pants. So, yeah, he touches her with his cane and she falls to the floor, very much like her Snow White spell when she oh, ate the apple. Yes, we love and a sleeping page. Yes, yes, so pretty. Mm, yeah, so pretty. Mm. But Piper noticed the, she noticed the cane and she notices the familiarity of the marking. She's like, oh, that looks like the flute. Huh. <laughs> so she's getting she's getting keen on something. Yes. <laughs> now Piper catches Paige as she falls, and she asks Kevin to leave. She's like, "Okay, we got stuff, you know." Yeah, she- <laughs> uh, you better go now. <laughs> yeah, she's having a bad day, so thanks for nothing. <laughs> like, and then he just like leaves, as opposed to like, "Oh my god, this woman just fainted. Yeah. What can I do?" And, and I he, he leaves the door open too. He just leaves with like, everything. Hey. See ya. Piper and Phoebe both carry Paige to the couch because Phoebe comes in. So they, they grab their arm, her arms and legs and they start carrying her to the couch. But then Kate appears in the doorway because the door is still open. They're like, oh, what is she doing here now? And then Piper noticed the similar blonde looks of Kevin and Karen. She's like, oh, they're all blonde. They look alike. That's it's interesting funny though, too. too. Because it's not like they were actually siblings in their human bodies because no. they were all born to different families and only found each other like two years before or something. Yeah, right. Like when their memories of being a Dorchacht started to come back or whatever. <laughs> Sorry. Funny, it makes it sound like you have like a loogie in your throat or something like Dorchacht. Yeah. <laughs> and then Kate drops her notebook in front of Phoebe because she is like, I didn't see you in class today. I took some notes for you. Here's some, and she drops the notebook. And as they go to pick up the thing, she touches Phoebe with her bracelet again, and it, it triggers a vision in Phoebe because she has that zone out, like, 
like that, that gasp look, and Pepper sees that she's like, "Oh, Phoebe just had a vision. I know she is." Yeah, Kate, Pepper Pepper's super <laughs> suspicious. You need to go, and she notices the, the signs of Phoebe's vision. So she's like, "Okay, Phoebe, what happened in your vision?" And Phoebe does not remember even having a vision. She just had it. She has no recollection of the vision. She's like, "What?" <laughs> oh, no. So we love a little absent-minded Phoebe, like when she had the grandma's ring and she's you know in the bewitched episode and she's just a little yeah she's so cute if this was an episode Alyssa milano would have killed it it would have been so hilarious she would have been she would have nailed it she'd been yeah so i had a good time imagining him just laughing away and then phoebe asks who the girl (laughs) sleeping on the couch is like who's that (laughs) yeah which is crazy (laughs) yeah no recollection of page whatsoever uh the last thing she remembers is Cole being tricked by the Brotherhood of the Thorn and becoming a Banshee. So she doesn't remember anything since before Prue died. Yeah, so when was the Banshee episode? Season 3, episode 21, the episode right before the okay. finale. Okay, okay, right before that. Oh my goodness. And, so and don't you think that would bring up the whole, like, where's Prue thing again? It does. Like, emotional and... Yeah. yeah. They kind of skim over it in the book, but they say, like, there was a quiet, sensitive moment when Pepper had to explain Prue's death to her again. I'm like, oh. oh that's so heartbreaking. That's not something you can brush over, though. I'm just no. like... No. Yeah. That's, I didn't remember it was in there, because I was like, wait a second. Wouldn't that be, like, I mean, a gut punch right away? Yeah. That, you know, but they always have to figure out a way to bring up Prue in all of these books, because we need to have that moment where we get a chance to, like, grieve her a little bit more. They're always trying to draw those parallels between her and Paige, too. Like, all right. that they were similar, even though they never met. Until the comic books. But that's that would have been awful. I can't imagine having to tell Phoebe that. And it would have been so hard for... Piper, too, just to have to go through that and then Phoebe's reaction to it. So then they wake Paige up and Piper is a blubbery mess. She's just crying. The fact that she go over Prue again probably didn't help that. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that would make sense. And then Piper gets another call from P3, her assistant, what her name is, Dixie, (laughs) or the manager at P3 at the time is Dixie, and she keeps calling Piper. uh, And she's like, oh, Karen is being a Karen again. And she's making (laughs) demands because Piper isn't there. <laughs> now it's they're putting the pieces together. They put the pieces together. They know that she wants to get Piper. All the dots are connected, so they are going to go in kind of with a plan. And this is funny. Of all the things that Phoebe can't remember, she does remember a paper she wrote in high school <laughs> uh, about the Tawatha de Danan, who had a harp that manipulated emotions, and she thinks. <laughs> Yeah, something so specific and so detailed <laughs> from high school. So her like long term memory is still intact, or yes. even better, maybe. Right. But also Tuatha was that evil witch who it came was. out of the rock with the the serpent or whatever. It is. My wand. Was... Where's my wand? <laughs> Tuatha. Very much. I do have some stuff about that at the end, but yeah, Tuatha did not I guess they used uh the Celtic because it's an Irish history Celtic thing and they, they probably they so. used that because she was a redhead, it probably used her as that name, you know. So interesting. Uh in the paper there was a harp that it manipulated emotions and she thinks Karen's music does the same. Yeah, they're like Piper is never this much of a blubbering mess. It's not that time of the month. Something's happening. Yeah. There's some forces of at work. Yeah. So first she was super happy and peppy and giggling all the time. Now she's crying all the time. So she's like, oh, yeah. Two things Piper never does all the time. No. Leo orbs in and he explains, that's what it's called, rules of engagement for magical feuds. 
He got this information <laughs> from the elders. And the Solagath and Dorchakt were ancient clans that coexisted on Earth until the Dorchakt decided to challenge the Solagath for magical supremacy in the mortal realm 3,000 years ago. The Solagath were your ancestors, Leo tells them. We go back that far? Piper was stunned. Melinda Warren wasn't the beginning then? Phoebe grinned, pleased that she had remembered a significant part of family history. <laughs> Melinda was the beginning of the charm cycle. Uh, so the Solagath won, and their descendants have lo- lived among humans using magic to do good ever since. If they had lost, they could have chosen between ascending to a higher plane of benevolent existence or becoming mortal. But the Dorchak lost, so... Since they were empowered by evil... They should have forfeited human form and been banished into the underworld. That was the portent of the poem you found in the Book of Shadows. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, apparently so they survived some of them survived, form. but they don't know why. So basically, as usual, the powers that be are in the dark. Jorchak are still around and want a rematch, and they surmise the powers are being stored in the artifacts. Good. Before Leo orbs the group to P three, Paige gets spit on by Gilbert. <laughs> Page. She has a few run-ins with Gilbert. <laughs> she does. And there he is. He's oh. giving me that 1985 gremlin with Stitch's personality. It's like, I love it. I love it so much. Yes. Just voracious <laughs> and a pest and all up in your business. All right. A little comic relief for this dark time in their lives. Yes. Okay. Chapter seven. So they get to P3 and they hide out and they decide to call in and make sure that Dixie, P3 assistant, gets everyone out of the club before they come in, except Karen, because they don't want any innocents to get in the way. They're always concerned about the innocents. <laughs> so then she tells her to not even bother cleaning up and just get the heck out of there. Um, then they wake up Paige, who's sleeping again, and <laughs> they gear down for a showdown with Karen. Karen yeah. thinks they can't hurt her without breaking the rules. She is technically human because all their power is stored in their artifacts, so they don't actually have any of their powers yet. Right. Karen says their chief sorcerer, Shanark, had this plan in motion as a failsafe. And so Tavra, or I always kind of think like Farv, like it's Torv, but it's Tavra. (laughs) And then this one is kind of funny. It's either Seacan or maybe Chicken. Chicken. (laughs) I always think Chicken. And then (laughs) Chitara were their real names. So I always thought of like Chitara from Thundercats, which is so too, so, so too um, old for you, but. Um, but I, was I, mean, like, I know oh. Thundercats, but it was a little old before my time, yeah. Yes. I, I was running around pretending to be Chitara at one point. But anyway, so Tavra, <laughs> Chikan, and Shatara are their real names. Um, at midnight the next day, they will automatically be transported to the Valley of Ages to face off. So the three Dorchakt people will have to face off the descendants of the Solagarth, which are the Charmed Ones. And if the Charmed Ones lose, their powers will disappear forever and humanity will succumb to evil. No pressure. No (laughs) pressure at all. Just another day in the life of a Charmed One. I thought it was funny, and I didn't write it down, but in that scene in P3, uh, Paige orbits a candle at some point and it arrives in her hand like a clump of melted wax. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just so funny because, of course, you're picturing the first time she ever orbs Mm -hmm. a big fat candle and then just imagining that scene with it being like, oh, it burns myself. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Did not work out. But still, a very uh, useful skill and and very destructive manner. I didn't understand why they didn't just orb the weapons or the, you know, the flute or whatever. It would have like broken apart you know but i guess they'd be worried about destroying their powers instead of releasing their powers. right and i I do think they mentioned that 
briefly too. I think they say something about that. Like you can't just break them like that. So they have, yeah. to, get the, they have to get the powers out before they, they will destroy just pull them. off into the ether. Mm-hmm. They'll get sucked into the void instead of probably because of the ancient code of combat or whatever. Because right. other times when their powers have gone awry, they've just landed in other random humans or strolling down the down the street like a bramble weed. Thinking of Seven Eleven ordinary witches. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so chapter eight, flashback scene. So Kevin sat on a bench and remembered the last moments of his life three thousand years ago. Flashback. Flashback. <laughs> he was Tovra in the form of a falcon. They had powers too. At their their old ancient warrior ways, they had powers too. And he uh, could transform anything into anything. Yes, like turn things into beastly animals or whatever. Most of the time, but yeah. Yes. So. Sure. He was Tover in the form of a falcon, so he turned himself into this falcon. He's flying after he just killed some Solagath witch. <laughs> He's not overcompensating for anything. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then he hears the call of Shannark. He's like, Tovra! <laughs> and, so, and so he landed from the sky and he comes he turns into his human form so and now he's a human and but he and he was avoiding all the elemental powers of chakan because she can control the elements i always i was confused by the shenart guy because he's like the leader and he's in charge but then i guess he's probably not the strongest so he sends his three strongest yeah. people into the I, future is what is what i'm picturing happening because he's not really part of the book no I consider him like an old, kind of like just an old mystic who like knows all the lore. He knows all the like the magic history, and he's just like kind of he's kind of like the Splinter, I would say, like yeah. the Ninja, Ninja Turtles. But he's like the evil Splinter. <laughs> he's like I'm a bad witch. I'm an old bad witch, and so he must be sus- suspended in limbo like all their other warriors, because all the dull chucked warriors are like suspended in limbo, waiting for this battle to end. Correct, Tovra. A.K.A. Kevin turned back to human. The battle is raging on. So the, another pair of Solagath witches attacked Shatara with a volcano spell that like put her in like this weird molten lava and started to entrap her. And her mind manipulation had no effect on... Yeah, so her power is like to control people's minds and read their minds. Pretty powerful yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, and scary because she can take away free will and just make people her puppets. Yeah. And so they have to come up with a way... To like, like that wouldn't work against the the chicken girl who has power. Sorry, the chicken, <laughs> who has power of the you know the elements? She could control the lava, and so could Tavra. He could turn it into some right. other form. But yeah. so this just goes to show how smart the Solagoth witches are. But the three warriors, the dark warriors, escaped the heat of battle to reconvene with Shenar because he was calling to all three of them and they all met up and they're like we got stuff to do here man and he's like no yeah you guys are losing like really bad so <laughs> I got another plan <laughs> yeah yeah I think you're gonna lose so so he has hidden their magic in the artifacts and I think they... it's funny that he anticipates that the um, the staff won't age well, and so he turns it into like a fancy walking cane. <laughs> I know like, with a silver handle. It's like those don't even exist, and like where the time they live. And he's like, "This will fit in better in two, three thousand years." <laughs> right. The flute and the bracelet. Those those will keep up those would be like nice little artifacts like little remembrances but this staff no not so much that needs to be a cane yes. <laughs> you can't really walk around with a four foot stick and not get a few questions or six foot pole yeah. i don't know and he's like you're going to awaken and we'll have a rematch later cool so they fall, <laughs> they fall into a deep sleep knowing they will die to live again and 
all of their the spirits and their memories are all transferred to these orphan infants. <laughs> Which is so sad. Like, what happened to these infants? Like, like their own souls or personalities, right. or whatever. Did they like? You know, I mean, they really gloss over some murky moral ground here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Picking out some human soul, mm-hmm. you know. And it was, you know, you have to think: was it something that was like in there with them at first, or did they just completely expel it? Was it like you know the terror, the life essence? You know, when there's two and one, or very much like ISIS. To. Could see himself in the mirror when um, his soul was being taken over mm-hmm. by that yeah. possessor demon or whatever. And then same with Piper when her soul was being possessed and she was going to slowly die. So, yeah, you got three dead babies on your uh, on your hands there. <laughs> These three orphans were reunited to living yeah, they random, up. regular human lives until like two 26. years ago. They have these like, yeah, at age 26. So they got to have a nice, happy childhood or terrible childhood if they grew up as orphans. <laughs> in the system or whatever. And then they all of a sudden remember who they are. My God complex is finally validated. (laughs) Remember who you are. You are my son, the one true king. (laughs) So they're reunited two years later and they embark on their plan of evil. Oh, but first they have to go to the cave and find the artifacts. artifacts. Yeah. They knew exactly where it was. Yeah. This is where we stored them and we got them now. Ha ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter nine. The day of the battle begins. Piper has half her power and Phoebe and Pedro at 25% because Piper didn't get touched again by the flute. Right. Um, oh, and then they have a nice little cute moment in the bathroom, which is classic charm. <laughs> My daughter's so cute. She's like, whenever we're getting ready in the morning together, it always feels like those little charm scenes. It's like, oh, which lipstick should I use? It's so yeah. Um, and then let's see. So Gilbert scares Paige while she's in the shower and Piper has a good chuckle, which is such a cute scene you just picture Paige like first of all I was worried she'd fallen asleep and like cracked her head on the tub when she screams but no it's just Gilbert running across her toes while she's trying to shower and I think they mentioned that she's all jiggly so you're of course just picturing like you know she's dripping wet like screaming her head off wrapping wrapped up in the shower curtain oh my gosh (laughs) hysterical I love these little scenes in there they're so great yeah they throw in those little moments that make it feel like charmed Mm -hmm. and then Piper realizes that a good laugh can help counter the effects of her weepies. And uh, Paige, you know, got a scare. So she had an adrenaline rush. So she was a little more awake than she was before. So they're trying to find, much like when they lose their muse, they're trying to find natural ways to stir up their own, you know, reserves, emotional, Mm -hmm. emotional powers. So Kevin, Kate, and Karen, the evil Kays, are eagerly awaiting for their full powers to return. They're having the dastardly, you know, drumming their fingertips together, planning Mm -hmm. how they're going to Twisting their mustaches, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Yes, yes. How are they going to take over the world? Um, And how they'll be the the full force when the Sologoth will be weakened. So at the moment of battle, they're going to get their powers back and then be really hard to confront because the charmed ones have been weakened um so the girls and leo are contemplating their bleak chances of winning which is also a very um charmed moment where they're all like ah they're down on their luck they don't there's nothing in the book phoebe is like glued to her computer notes trying to keep a thought in her head before it disappears um and trying to stay in the loop and also constantly like not even remembering who Paige is, but (laughs) like that must really be tough like she's like who's this I guess she's not a redhead at the time, but, you know, she's like, yeah. so 
But again, it's a very underdog moment. Um, and then Phoebe kind of rallies the troops by saying that underdogs always win. And I feel like this is a very classic Phoebe, like, you know, bolstering the energy of just like finding that that positive outlook, even when all hope is lost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then Paige realizes that, yes, they need to stop thinking about what they've lost and focus on what they still have. A very pep talky moment among among the family. They still have a fighting chance when they regain their confidence. We're the charmed ones, and we always fight back. Chapter ten with anticipation. With anticipation. <laughs> Announcer voice. The sisters and Leo await the battle. Paige worries about Stanley from the shelter and if his application will be approved. It's like, yeah, now you're worried about this. We have to throw this. him in. We haven't talked about any of that stuff for a while, but she's got a spare moment. So she's yeah. like, oh yeah, I have I have a day job. Crap. Yeah, she's like, I, I sent in the application. I wonder if what's taking them so long to get back to me. <laughs> like, I hope he gets in. But just then, the girls are sucked into the portal to the Valley of Ages one by one. Because yeah, at midnight that day, they were, it was bound to happen. So they're just waiting for midnight to come. And then it does, and they get sucked into the portal. Um, and they see an eerie-looking battleground with a greenish glow and purple sky. So it's kind of like this, like, I've pictured, like, evil limbo from Enter the Demon. Yes. Like, yeah, what it looked like was all the That's swirling. That's what I was picturing, too. Yeah. Before before Chicken gets his, or I mean Rooster, <laughs> powers. Oh, no, no, this that's, is the Zen Master. Yeah, that, that's what makes me Zen. The Zen Master's beautiful yeah. garden. Yeah. The three dark warriors emerged in their old appearances and garb. So the leather and fur. gnarly. They got some teeth issues. They're a little grungy. <laughs> yeah. They got Not bones the- tied in their hair and, <laughs> and yeah. snake skins. I really appreciated the description of, of chicken. I mean, chicken <laughs> having the like snake skins woven in her hair. I was like, yeah, I could hang out with you. <laughs> it's like we're no longer the b- blonde bombshells we are the crudes so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and they have stanley with him the old man that she just mentioned how convenient was that um that's stanley, why they had to bring him up again yep just <laughs> in case he forgot poor old man was with them completely terrified he's like seemingly held hostage so see but it was at this point when i saw stanley there i'm like Oh, you know what? I bet you he's Shinark. He was like undercover. I wondered know. that too, if he was gonna like transform at the last minute and be like, yeah. ah, ha, ha. I totally but, thought that, but no, it didn't happen. But no. you know. Stanley stays sweet. Yes. He's a name uh-huh. like Stanley. Oh, my name will live on in infamy. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, that was his name. <laughs> <laughs> that <was> Stanley. <laughs> That's why they already had a Stanley they cared about, so they didn't have room in their brain for another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. The day the magic died. Chicken, or chicken, angered. Chicken! Chicken! I feel like that's how she acted, too, like a crazed chicken. She was very oh my gosh, volatile, yes. like the the elements. She was very... Yes. Um, Chase my lightning, suckers! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, she's, she, yeah, she's, she's angered. She's Ozone. like... Yeah, I'm gonna attack you. <laughs> um, but so Piper froze, and with her weakened powers, it just kind of slowed down the scene. So uh, previously, you kind of see that something like froze for a split second and then went back to normal. And now it's like slowing down time. I always kind of think about like how would they do this on TV? And I was like, oh yeah, that would be really cool. <laughs> well, I think of like that the Quicksilver moment from the X Men movies. You know, every time they have oh, Quicksilver. Yeah. The whole scene is like he's moving, moving slow. faster than everything. Yeah, yeah. Give it to us. <laughs> we want the power. 
We want the power. Give, Give us the power. power. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Chicken's freaking out. You know, she slowed down her attack. Uh, Paige grabs Stanley and brings him to safely and hides him behind a boulder. And, and she- like, stay here. And he's like, I'm having the worst dream. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you are. <laughs> okay, yeah. so Chicken is Chicken is Kate. And <laughs> Tovra, uh, or ta- Tovra, Tovra is Kevin. Kevin. And then and Shatara Karen- is yeah. Shatara. Okay. So cool. So Shatara slash Karen invaded. Oh, this is where it gets crazy. She oh, invaded right. pa- Paige's and Phoebe's minds. First, she invades Paige's mind and like reads her thoughts. But then Paige looks at Phoebe and then automatically goes to her mind too. It's like a connection. That's crazy. Um, and then she learns. She's like, they found nothing in the Book of Shadows to defeat us. So we will totally win. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's nothing in Phoebe's mind. Because Phoebe's just drawing a blank every five seconds. Right, You're not right. going to get much help there anyway. Exactly. Phoebe's like, who's this girl next to me? And where the hell's crew every five seconds? So Chicken, Chicken summoned a storm. And then... Paige kept racking her brain about the little clues she had. Because this is Paige. Paige is a smart girl. She, often in the show, she's the one to put two and two together. She, like, really figures things out. So To the point where I think she would have figured it out faster than she does in the sequence in the story. But, you know, they have to, like, spell it out for us. And then she's also, like, got a lot of stress happening. Like, with sure. protecting she's, Stanley and stuff's happening all around her. You know, she's, she's exhausted, yeah. So, yeah. So it takes her a minute, but... So she's putting together the clues. She's cross-referencing the passage in the Book of Shadows, the one that we read. That before they left, they found, like, a scroll. They were looking for ancient scrolls, and she's, like, cross-referencing something she found on there about reversal oh, yeah. and ancient feuds. She's like, so this is how... It's always, like, a reversal. How do we do a reversal? Um, Tovra... Kevin turned a tree into a snake, a giant snake. <laughs> yeah, and, and it like comes at Stanley like giant mouth, like about to chomp him like Jurassic yes. Park style. Right out of a tree, comes out <laughs> to eat Stanley. And Paige realizes that Stanley is the light of ages past from the the poem and it represents all innocence to defend. It's a lot of pressure to put on Stanley as like representing the whole fate of humanity. <laughs> like, yeah. So if you die, we're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Chapter 11. Paige is having this dawning realization while this battle is still raging around them. Uh, Paige called for the snake. Yeah. Um, but Piper immediately slow mowed it. So Paige first starts to call for snake, and Piper's like, Paige, no, your, your orbits are too slow. It's not going to be get him in time. So that's when Piper tries to slow it down. Oh, yeah. So to keep it from eating Stanley, which saves Stanley. Yes. And then the the orb is delayed. And so when the snake rematerializes, it's it's wood again. And it comes as splinters of wood, which also makes me think like, ow, they should have like this like needles of wood like showering down on her in this moment. Right. Um, um, and then Phoebe, um, I love how Phoebe always comes to with her. Um, you know, her martial arts, she's like, I don't know what's going on, but I know I can fight. Those look like the bad guys. She picks up a branch and she cracks chicken over the head with it. Which is great. Yes. <laughs> um, Tov- Tovra hurls his staff at Paige, which I feel like is, I'm like, why would he do Stupid. that? Stupid. Yeah, it doesn't seem like really smart. That's like got all your power. And Piper freezes it just enough for Paige to grab. And so in this moment, I think is when Paige is like putting it all together um, so Paige like flips it around and says the spell to transfer the magic. And then she has her powers back and she's able to orb Tovra away. So now does she suck out Tovra's powers while she gets her powers back? Exactly. So what happens is their powers are released and then Tovra or the blonde powers are sucked into it instead. 
So yeah, and they're yeah. like, haha, sucker. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then Piper's like, Phoebe, get the bracelet. And Phoebe doesn't really know what's going on, but she trusts Piper. <laughs> um, so she puts her martial arts training to use and she's got uh chicken, chicken pinned. And then I love how Piper's like, Can you like get your head down there and still have her pin? Like, can you get yourself in position and still pin her? And Phoebe's like, sure, no problem. And she's like, got her forearm in the girl's neck and she's totally like i own you chicken oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> so piper helps hold her down and then um piper and phoebe hold the bracelet to her head and they say the transference spell and then phoebe gets her powers back too yes so then chicken is powerless just like tobra and they're super pissed about it so um shatara begins to play her flute making piper feel sick and she's like oh shit she played the flute to do her spell and they were like, oh no, she has to play her flute after touching her and it might not work. But Phoebe, who, despite not being able to keep a thought in her head, had a moment of inspiration the night before and had written a spell that she'd written, written down in her notes. So she had her notes with her. She left her laptop behind, but she had some handwritten notes yeah. stashed into her pocket. And so she was like, oh, will this spell to make a flute play itself help and they were like sweet score so they tackle shatara again they're you know they kind of for being like these powerful you know door shocked warriors dressed decked out in like leathers and thongs and fur yeah. they're able to like take them down pretty quick but right. also that was part of their arrogance like underestimating you know, the blowouts and the high heels and the crop tops. It's like, hey, we may look fabulous, but we can still kick some ass. Exactly. So they Charmed take recipe for success. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and look good doing it. Mm -hmm. So they tackle Shatara, they drain her powers, and they say the spell to restore Pipers. And I like how they mention that, like, the flute, like, sounds like some weird, like, like record played in reverse, like some satanic, like, <laughs> you know, evil melody played in dis dissonant sounds. Yeah. But anyway, it sounds like the devil's music. Mm -hmm. um, so let's see. Then Piper blows up the three artifacts. And so again, it must be because of the rules of engagement that blowing up the artifacts, their powers are destroyed or sent into the underworld as opposed to just being released into the ethers. So this is where I picture like when Cole was in that, you know, in that no man's land where there's like. Oh, yeah. The wasteland. The, the wasteland and the powers are raining down. That's what mm -hmm. I picture happened to their powers. Very much, yeah, I totally get that. Ghostly figures of the Dorchocked clan appear, which is super creepy, but I love it. Just picturing this whole group. The army of, all the gods yeah. have already gone on and lived out their destinies, but these guys have been suspended in time, and they're just, like, watching the last five minutes of the game, and they're like, oh! And Shinark before them aghast at their defeat how could you why did I set this up so perfectly you fools so magic disappeared and they grew old and they swept away today the return portal opens up and just swallows them up and the charmed ones and they grab stanley and they're out of there and they're like saved the day back at the manor uh leo and cole greet the <laughs> sisters so cole came back from his fishing trip and 
Stanley was super cute. He's like, oh, I want to remember this forever. Like, <laughs> I remember the bad guys yeah, like, forever. <laughs> I really liked the part where they blew up, you yeah, know, or whatever. Right, yeah. It's like, we liked that part too. He's such yeah. a like, little kid. He's like the old man little kid. So he fell asleep and they let him keep his memories because they just assumed that Helsinki was, like, was a dream and, you know, you know old no age. No one will believe you know. him anyway. Right. So, yeah. Um, and they reveal that the Dorchaks are finally in the underworld where they belong. Yeah, and Cole says something like, yeah, nobody really wanted them to win anyway. Right, they were right. all kind of pissed that they would like cheated death. But it was like way to like like take the wind out of our sails, Cole. Like right. you know, oh, even the bad guys were rooting for you guys to win. And then there's like some moment where Phoebe's like, "Oh, Cole could have really saved us some time with his knowledge about this." battle and it's like oh we gotta just throw in a little misogyny at the end there like oh cole could have saved the day a long time ago sure, right yeah so they say the door <laughs> and they finally end the underworld and leo says so is gilbert uh oh they had to do a shit off the water and he left and that's another thing because cole did it because he came home cole was like all dirty from his fishing trip and wanted to take a shower yeah. and, and he, <laughs> he got mad that the gremlin was there so he's like let's shut off the water i know how to get rid of him <laughs> yeah like, I need to wash the fish and brimstone off of me. So. <laughs> yeah. And then it ends with they learn that Stanley has been accepted into his Hawthorne Hill home. So, yay, he gets to yay, be happy. He's safe and have a home and a bed and three meals a day. Yes. The day. end. Final thoughts about the book. Oh, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, like I said, I felt like it was kind of like there wasn't a lot of mystery for the reader. You kind of put the pieces together. But then it got interesting with the history because you know you, it's always fun when you get a little bit of another culture's you know mythology yeah. and stuff yeah. um the only thing that i felt like was kind of a continuity error was at one point they mention um phoebe like twirling her hair as if it was like a characteristic trait and i feel like no that's when that demon was pretending to be phoebe and she like did the hair twirly thing all the yeah. time so Phoebe was like, oh, what did she do? She twirled her hair a lot, you know, so. Kaya the uh, shapeshifter, yeah. None of the sisters really took priority in this book, so this was truly was like a book about the power of three as a unit, which I liked. Yeah, uh, and they all had their pieces of the puzzle to solving the solution. It wasn't just one of them, yeah. but it relied on their wits, not just their magic. So it really showed how, you know, it's their bond as sisters and their... It was so nice. And yeah, all these books, they are a little bit juvenile in a sense, in the grand scale of things. Um, but I think this is my favorite book so far that we've that I've read. Um, nice. It, it was super funny and entertaining, you know, and everything... Really cute moments. Yeah, everything seemed to make sense more or less. I thought, you know, the threat had a very real dangerous and insidious feel. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the unique and entertaining variants of the powers because this would have been something cool to see in the show. How how they, they didn't just lose them; they were just diminished, and to see how that would uh, cooperate and, and see how they would manage with them was would have been. And cool how to that see. changed over time. Like at first, it was like a quick freeze, and then it was a slow mo. Or yeah. first, it was like a delayed orb, and then it was like you know taking it to its parts you know mm -hmm. so to see that yeah to see them gradually diminish like that it's cool and refreshing so i thought i really liked a lot of elements in this book yeah definitely something that's interesting to note page makes a remark that is in direct response to the author's narration and it was strange it was like breaking fourth wall oh i noticed that at one point where i was like i have it oh good I'm, i marked it so it says like okay Dorchak's warriors of darkness would be formidable opponents even if the charmants hadn't had all their abilities and then it goes to which we don't page muttered 
I'm like, what? <laughs> so it's like it's a, like that's her thought, you know, like they're trying to like like that's what she was thinking about or something. But yeah, it is kind of like, hmm. That's weird. <laughs> I have something about Tuatha Di Danann. I wrote a little blurb about what they were. The actual culture? Yeah, they were a race of godlike people gifted with supernatural powers who invaded and ruled Ireland over 4,000 years ago. Mm. I and feel I like could... the theme of this book is kind of like bad things ha- can happen to good people, and it's not necessarily their fault. Like sometimes you can just be out living your life, trying to be a good person, and shit happens. And I think it's a really good message for anyone who's ever been victimized you know because we have a very blame the victim kind of culture and it's like no it's not your help it's not your fault that this crap happened to you this is forces set in motion three thousand years ago but now you just got to deal with it and just don't give up and keep fighting and you're you know you don't necessarily need magical powers if you have a a brain in your head you know and i feel like they definitely use that like outsmarting them because they kind of did that whole briar patch thing too where they're like oh yeah don't read my thoughts because you know, or please read my thoughts. That'd be great. You know, and I don't know. They kind of they kind of just outwitted them before they outpower overpowered them. Well, that was beautiful. I like that. Thank you. I love how their uh, charmed is always so empowering. You know, it's uh, it's always a good message of like you know overcoming odds. Next is put that in my canonical hat. Canonical, which we did talk about stuff that were canon throughout. So if there's anything we didn't mention, so at one point I think it's I have it marked page one seventy one. It's something like if Leo is right. Paige would have the control of weather power back again someday that she had when she was the evil enchantress. And I, I was like, I don't too. remember. Yeah. I don't <laughs> remember Leo ever saying anything like that. That was her evil power. So it didn't seem like her orbing would eventually grow into weather control. That is a little strange, but I do. They did mention the evil enchantress more than once in this book. Pepper taunts Karen and the P3 club about, you know, Paige was an evil enchantress. So she has no harm, no problems hurting a human. <laughs> oh Yeah. Like thinking that that would trick her, like, mm-hmm. and then Piper also had memory loss, sim- kind of like that in Valley of the Dolls when Paige cast a spell in her memory. She's like, "Hey, who am I? Who are you?" <laughs> like, we also see super chipper Piper in that episode too. We do. She's like neurotically chipper. It's super funny. <laughs> <laughs> Phoebe wrote that the portal to Valley of Ages is similar to the portal to Halloween 1670, which is accurate. That's what she wrote in her notes. And 1670 is actually the year they went to because that's the year that Melinda Warren was born. So I'm like, all right, you go book. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Way to get the, the, you know, continuity. There's definitely a couple of the books that aren't as careful. So I always appreciate that. Yeah. You're going to write fan fiction. You got to know the fans. And then I do have a little bit about Gremlins page in the Book of Shadows from the show. Says that they are mischievous, tiny green creatures who meddle with machinery. Although impish and seemingly harmless, their tinkering can cause potential danger. They're invisible to humans, but witches and other magical beings can see them. When sighted, they flee at a great speed, leaving behind only a fading green blur and the damage they have wrought. In folklore, and Leo mentioned this a little bit in the book about uh, how gremlins were like in World War II planes and stuff like that. And the gremlin had their origins during the World Wars and they're said to cause havoc at, on aircrafts and stuff. So the reason why they're like that because they hate technology. Hmm. It's because it said that gremlins showed humanity how to create machinery, leading humanity to, invent- to an invention boom and industrial revolution. And <laughs> the, the gremlins were responsible for that, but the humans... It's all the, the gremlins' fault. Yeah, the the humans didn't show any gratitude to them or show them any recognition. So they were mad 
and they felt betrayed by the humans because they were reasons why humans got so smart about machinery and stuff, and the gremlins <laughs> are just like forgotten. And so that's why they go ahead and try to sabotage all of the, the things. That is so funny. I did not know that. But I yeah. mean, it explains why they loved the junkyard page left them in. And then one final thing is they mentioned Emma from Black is Coal, um, which was the one that had the fiance. Was killed by Belfazor. Yeah, that one. And she actually strips Cole of his Belfazor demonic powers. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, they mentioned her in the very beginning of the book. It's so minor. They said that her fiance was actually her husband in the novel instead of her fiance. <laughs> oh, oh God. <laughs> what a mistake. Um, and then they said that Cole is not the new source yet. So, but I, I still think that's debatable. <laughs> so. Well, it's like they don't think he's the new source, but if it this takes place between the episodes you said, then mm-hmm. he, yeah, he should been, be. Because yeah. if the hollow has already been destroyed, then it's then it's resources yeah. in him yeah okay so now we're finally in our rhyme time where we do some spells Woo! should we try a spell why not let's try a spell rhyme time miscellaneous entities substances incantations and cures unknown magics on mystic tides that breached the darkened gate Lost bits and beans, send and hide, now reveal and locate. It's an okay spell. It's just... It's okay. I, I'm, not, laugh, but. I'm not moved by it. Uh, next one is to contain Dorchok magic. <laughs> <laughs> Dark magics of the Dorchok clan. All powers that were yours returned. Course through the blood. Flow from the hand into these lifeless vessels burn. Strong words, but another kind of odd spell. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it doesn't make it memorable. To transfer magic. All right. Forgive me, anyone who speaks Gaelic, okay? Uh, Gushin Todach. Or Gushin Todach. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of reminds me of, like, you know, when they're playing with their shillelaghs. Yes. (laughs) Slante is Tanta. Kumdaili Bocharach. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. I can't really say anything bad or or good for about that spell because just it's just there. Uh, next one is to summon a storm, dark forces of the air and night empowered this ancient enemy to fell three thousand years agone this hour. So that was one that um, Chicken said. Ah, uh, uh, these spells are just not fun to say. They're awkward. Yeah, they say. don't really flow. So I love this book, but the spell is not so much. <laughs> To activate the flute and return Piper's powers, a power of three spell. Laughing then and crying now, undo this mystic music curse. The Sologoth command the flute, play Piper's powers in reverse. That's the best one we had all day. <laughs> I think it was good, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it fits, it does the job, it has a good flow. I'll, I'll commend that one. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, so best baddie rankings is next. Best baddie. <laughs> I'm not going through them all until the end, but I'm going to tell you where I put our three Ks. Uh, they are now my number one, actually. Ooh. Well, they do. They did have the power of all this time and space and a whole clan behind them. Yeah, the whole clan. They, have, they do have pretty powerful powers. They just didn't apply them as effectively as they could. Um, and They got arrogant. They got arrogant. But they did... Um, you know, put up a fight and the whole process of, you know, coming into their lives and, and pretending to be friends. And, and it was a really long haul for them. And they, they did well for the most part. Very the, insidious. The yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and it's it's like a, a foe that you can see coming at you that looks scary is like easier to handle than someone that you thought was a friend turned yeah. enemy. Like that's yeah. um, a very human thing we could all relate to that, you know, hurts. So mm-hmm. um, I, I could definitely see that being very scary. Yeah. All right. So the next thing is usually where we do a grimoire games or attend things, but you came up with the activity for this, uh, this episode. So we met in, you know, a charmed fan group, I think geeking over all of our charmed paraphernalia. Um, <laughs> but you know, everyone's always like, I don't know, talking about their relationships and who they should be with. And, you know, did they end up with the right guys and stuff like that? And I always thought it'd be super fun to think of who would they be with if they were members of the LGBTQIA community? Like who who would end up, you know, flirting with who and stuff like that? Um, and, and I actually posted about it in the group when we had a fun little I was worried. I was nervous. People would like freak out about it. But we actually had a fun little conversation about it with them. Um, with some good ideas coming. <laughs> this brings up a, a point I wanted to make before we start because I used to, and I still do get frustrated sometimes when shows or movies I like receive a widespread gay affiliation, which is stupid. I don't know why it shouldn't matter to me because I want to, you know, <laughs> I want to be like supportive of that. But I think I want my interest to kind of have a universal appeal. Maybe, maybe it just comes down to is like I don't like assumptions being made about me based on the shows I'm passionate about. Right, just uh, because, yeah. Like, uh, not all queers love Madonna. I mean, right. do, but, you know, don't. So, yeah. It's like, you know, and I think, and maybe it's just because I'm a bisexual and I like to, like, I like, it's my desire to blur learns, blur learns, yeah. blur, like, blur lines. I hear you. Yeah. So, as a bi person, you're always kind of feeling erased in the community anyway. Mm-hmm, so right. there, that is, that is tricky. So, or being forced to choose. Exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah, so and like, for some reason, Charmed has a huge following with gay men, and I don't, and and maybe that's it's, you know, women and gay men. Uh, and you can tell from the guests that came on the pod so far, it's pretty. <laughs> the numbers don't lie. So, um, well, and I feel like maybe part of that is because of all of the like female empowerment. You know, is something that like the gay community can embrace too, because it's like we're fighting against the traditional values of patriarchy and misogyny to show that like women are powerful gay men are powerful by people exist <laughs> we're real we're here you know mm-hmm. um there's definitely some like solidarity i think in those yeah and there's thematic elements kind of yeah and the, fact, and the fact that they had to kind of hide the magic is kind of you know an allegory for you know gay people always feel like they have to hide you know for, for sure. a long time um, yeah. So there's some moments in there. That being said, the gay representation in Trump wasn't the greatest. <laughs> but... No, the representation in general could have been better. And as with the majority of TV and movies, it seems. But yeah, it's good to point that out. Yeah. They did have that lesbian couple with the pirates, though. I really appreciated them because, you know, Prue was always the one that was like, oh, she's your partner. Or, or you're like, oh, she's your partner. And Prue just like nods, like, oh, yes. Oh, wait, no, Prue wasn't there. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> those were the page years. Whoops. But yeah, you know what I mean? The the cops didn't want to take it seriously because they thought it was just a lover's quarrel. Right. Um, but it, yeah, but again, it's just like kind of tokenism as opposed to like having a full on. Yeah, th- there's only three known um, LGBT people in the whole Charmed series from what I remember. So Where the other one. So, so you, so you, got, you got the, the pirate couple. Um, and then there was... a. A very minor character that worked at the Bay Mirror. Um, oh yeah, and he's like f- upset about 
um, drinking out of his coffee cup or whatever. And Phoebe's like, isn't it obvious? He likes you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like the whole like the, like, the little crush guy. Uh, his name was Phil? I think it was Phil. Um, and then they don't mention this in the show, but, you know, Tyler, the fire starter. Um, in the comics, oh, yeah. he's, he's known to be he's a gay guy and he's dating somebody in the comics. So, Yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah. So let's see. Let's see what your thoughts are. I don't. I didn't pick one for everybody, but I do have some people in mind that I thought would be fun. So, uh, you okay. want to go over yours? <laughs> well, let's take a, a character at a time. So okay. let's start with Prue. Um, so at first, I kind of had a hard time picturing Prue with anyone. Not that I can't see her like um, being bi or gay or lesbian, but mostly just because she there weren't a lot of options, especially for her seasons you know there weren't a lot of other characters that like were as strong and she was so strong um i so i so i kind of jokingly put her with brooke because they have that canine connection (laughs) turned into a wolf (laughs) and she turned into a dog but that was mostly like a joke Um, (laughs) so if prue was miss hellfire for real like prue as miss hellfire i could see her um dating Katya, the demon who steals Pandora's box. Because they have that same kind of like Yeah, yeah. And her abs, her abs were insane. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that actress is um, Michelle Hurd. But anyway, so then I thought, well, the one person I could actually see Prue as Prue like dating or like having a serious relationship with would be An Ling, the Zen Master's daughter Uh who becomes the Zen Master. Because yeah. they're so about like their family connection and protecting their family's honor and stuff like that. So I could see them, you know, hitting it off. Oh my gosh. See, I was only thinking about people in her seasons, but I'm like, oh, see, those, that, she, that. I racked my brain. I was like, who would Prue go for? <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. That She might be a, a little too sweet. That's true. But, um, <laughs> but I can see them having a little fling, a little bit of bonding. <laughs> So who did you pick? Did you pick anyone for Prue? I do have someone for Prue. <laughs> you might laugh at this, but I put Hannah, Hannah Webster. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> I, could, I could totally, that'd be so, like, you know, she has that little darkness to her, that little edge, you know, but they're like, you know, they're always like at odds with each other, but you know, the, you know, totally. the, the sex would be so good. Like, <laughs> like, the side, like the side snide marks that they make. Yeah. So yeah. They have some like. They have some raw, angry sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Allen Baker is the actress, and uh, she she's so great. I really loved her on the show, and I think it would have been funny to see her and Prue together. <laughs> oh, my God. That would have been hilarious. I would have loved like, <laughs> Honestly, just any of these would have been entertaining. Just make it a little more exciting. Yeah. Okay, did you have anybody for Piper? So I couldn't really think of anybody for Piper. I tried a little bit, but <laughs> honestly, I get really straight vibes from Piper too. Yeah. <laughs> like I had a hard time picking one for Piper. So I picked if Piper were the Valkyrie, if she was still a Valkyrie, I think she would hook up with Freya. The okay. Yeah. They have that leadership protecting their group people. You know, she's got her Valkyries to protect. Piper's got her charmed ones to protect. And I would feel like the, the Valkyries are, like, are all bisexual anyway. That's in my in my head canon. That's how it works. Oh, so. for sure. How about Phoebe? Did you get anybody I do, Phoebe? I do. I do have someone for Phoebe. Okay. It's like hands down for me is Kira the Seer. Charisma Carpenter Seer. 100%. 100%. Yes. Kira the Seer. Yes. For sure. That's the one. They totally, <laughs> they totally had that 
love can there was maybe a little queer baiting going on in that episode maybe like, yeah oh yeah you're gonna well you're there why don't you work on that knot a little bit on my neck mm-hmm. massaging like, they're always touching hands you know even, Every- even the gentle touching yeah <laughs> <laughs> i also just love um charisma carpenter she's just such a bombshell and she's so fun to watch yeah on. yeah so, so Paige, i could totally see Paige being bisexual and yeah. dating lots of people. She's totally got that vibe. I like that. Um, so I put Paige with um, Ava Nicolay, the Shivani High Priestess. Aha. Yes. The one who was, because they both had that initially denying their power thing and then embracing it like with a vengeance and being like, you know, strong leaders in their Yeah. Place. Yeah. Who'd you put for Paige? I put the Vampire Queen. Yes, they would. Yeah, I yes. could totally see that. Yeah, and because vampires are another one. Just be like, good page or evil page. I could put them with a few. At least they'd have some, you know, fun times. If if not a strong relationship. Yeah. Okay. Did you have any for Daryl, Leo, or Cole? I mean, okay. <laughs> I could kind of put them all together. On. Right. That's that's <laughs> what I said. That's what my like. Because <laughs> Leo and Daryl. The All Hallows Eve tension, that sexual tension in that episode is... So have, good. have you ever watched the bloopers for that? No, I should. Okay. I mentioned this in one of my earlier podcast episodes, but I think it was episode three. Talk about like our 10 WTF moments. Um, but in <laughs> in All Hallows Eve and the bloopers, Leo heals Daryl and he's like, who are you? And he's like, happy Halloween. <laughs> and then... <laughs> <laughs> and then Melissa come by. She's like, are you going to get a kiss? <laughs> <laughs> yes so that is totally what should have happened yeah so leo and daryl have that chemistry um mm-hmm. i can also see leo and dan do you know that yes i could totally see leo and dan if they weren't fighting over piper they would be like so hot and horny for each other yeah because yeah. you know dan's got the hair that leo's really into Mm-hmm. And they bond <laughs> over the baseball. Yeah. 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 The whole baseball thing. It's like, if it weren't for the fact they were fighting over Piper, for sure. You know? Right. So um, I could also see Leo with Jason Dean. Now, uh-huh. here's why because Leo is just a big softie who wants to be spoiled, and Jason Dean wants to spoil someone. So I could see them hitting it off because Leo would just sit there and let Jason take care of him. Aww. yeah yeah because you know white ladies don't have any money coming in anyway really so you know, right they need a sugar daddy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's always got like piper cooking for him and stuff like come on leo okay so i could also see cole with either daryl or leo because they both have their moments like the one in black is cole where daryl and i know daryl and cole seems like a far far fetch no, I had them both, too. like vent Oh, good. So where they're like both venting about like, you think I, I no need idea, no job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. And then they're like, you good? You good? It was like, oh, yeah. Good. <laughs> I can't even go to the grocery store without getting arrested. It just sucks. And then like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, yeah. They're so cute. They're so funny. Yeah, I would love them together. <laughs> um, But then I was thinking like, so Cole as a demon, like as Balthazar, like would he be into anybody? And my daughter was like, no, because that's the whole point. He has no emotions. He's not half human. And I was like, okay, so Cole, Cole as Balthazar, he'd be maybe into the wrestling with the demons guys because they were just, they just get all wrestly together. <laughs> right. Cool. That, <laughs> that was, was fun. fun. We, had, was... we kind of had the same ones. <laughs> yeah. That makes me feel good. I knew how to pick up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the final thing, I know we went on so long, but 
it's fine. We had a good time. Uh, Definitely. Uh, final thing is your tip for future whitelers. I was out being a force of good in the universe. What's What's the moral of the story? This idea that like you just can't give up and you have to trust yourself. Like even if you um, are weakened or can't trust maybe everything that's going on around you or your own thoughts, you have to have that belief in yourself like deep down that, that you can overcome something and that's about yeah. it my moral is it ties into what you said it's very similar in a, a certain way it ties into the word of the day bringing it back to word of the mm. day sisu and sisu means having courage it's a mindset that lets people see beyond their present limitations you know going against the odds going to reaching above your observed capacities and and still having courage in the face of adversity type of thing so i think that's have more sisu in your life <laughs> Yeah, I love that. That is a great theme and message to keep in mind. Yeah. So, yeah. So where can the people find you? Oh, well, you can find me at katzakar.com. That's K-A-T-Z-A-C-C-A-R-D. Um, I'm on Amazon. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram at Katzakar. And um, in most charmed uh, venues, <laughs> anywhere we're talking charmed, I will try to be there. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kevin. I had so much fun. Yeah, thank you. We'll have you back sometime and we'll do more. <laughs> For sure. I love it. And you can find this podcast at Words of the Witches on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And find me on my other ho- podcast, Hanging with the Hallowells. Yeah. Your destiny still awaits. Bye!